told of a creature that was six and a half to seven feet tall. The CIA ran secret mind control experiments. It's a tale of a creature that's been seen by many, but believed by few. And experts say there have been reported sightings of paranormal activity. And there was this creature and it ran down this hill. They say something was flying over their house. They have no idea what it was. How the world's most powerful individuals are actually shape-shifting reptilians. My scariest ghost hunting experience. to a great start here it is wednesday night this is paranormal irl i'm your host jv co-host Britt griffith who's shaking his head in disgust what's going on my friend what is happening over there you obviously <laughs> have way too much time on your hands why, why so you- not only am i getting not only am i getting sucked up by the uh by the ufo for uh for probing of orifices <laughs> yes, you sure. now have bigfoot carrying me off to the cave for probing of orifices. <laughs> and true. then you have me saying what a moron I am to get captured by the UFO and Bigfoot in the same opening. And the ghost. And the ghost hauls you away as well. Um, so a little bit of everything Oh, I missed there. the ghost. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the last probably, of the trio I was there. too busy shaking my head. Yeah. Um, well, I, I missed know, the ghost. You, you know, you, you, uh, you're very welcoming of all these paranormal phenomena and experiences, and they recognize that. You're like a paranormal magnet. So uh, they, they, they find you and, and they take advantage of you, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, or, or this is your weird fantasy. I no, don't know no, what no, goes no, on no, inside no, your head. No, I don't no. know if I want to be there. No, no, no fantasies it's involved. A, no fantasies I involved. mean, because I've seen you with your shirt off and... You know, wait. Where's this going? You could be be Bigfoot. I am. You could be Bigfoot. (laughs) I'm actually one of the lesser hairy, less hairy Italians you'll ever meet. Uh, I I was actually. I'll get. Yes, I will agree with that. With not uh, like my my uncles, like like incredible. You know, like they need a lawnmower to take care of that business. But uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. not me. So anyway, I don't know why. Why did you you lead me down these paths? You like you like. Come on, JV, we're gonna go down and we're gonna talk about back hair or something. I don't know how we get here, but that's not the intention (laughs) of the show tonight. (laughs) Uh, Well, no, is any show ever back hair intended? I don't think so. Yeah, it's true. But you know. You know, it's just the way my brain works. I, you have me being hauled up by Bigfoot, so mm-hmm. I, I then extrapolate Bigfoot to this weird fantasy in your head and that you're Italian and have some hairy baggage. So maybe you're thinking you're Bigfoot hauling me off, and I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Yeah, no, okay. I'm, I'm just going to clear that up for you now. That is not what I was thinking when I put those together. Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter. And we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app. And it's only 99 cents a month. It's less than a buck. You probably have that change in your couch right now. That dollar a month, less than a dollar, goes a long way in helping us produce this program, provide great interviews for you during the course of the week. I thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. By the way, welcome to everybody who's joining us in all of the chat rooms. Great to see people filing in. We have a terrific, absolutely fantastic show for you tonight. In just a minute or so, we're going to bring in our guest, Lester Velez. He's going to be talking about a group that he co-founded <laughs> called Opus. What are you laughing about now? What is funny? Hey, he's probably He probably hung up and said, oh, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> I know. I know. Scared of These up. guys are weird. Yeah. Uh, but he's a co-founder of a group. It's it's um, it's the acronym is Opus, and uh, it stands for um, I got to find it here so I don't get it wrong. It is the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. Now, one of the things that a lot of people, particularly when it comes to UFO interactions, this that seems to be the one that really, you know, when, when you get into abduction experiencers and all that, this is the type of thing that people find themselves to be. Um, very affected by. And uh, often they don't know where to reach out and how to handle some of this, whether it's mental trauma, could be physical trauma, all of those things. And uh, Lester is going to tell us about Opus, and it's an organization that's designed to help people who've had any kind of paranormal experience. Um, and he's got a background specifically and a lot of experience with MUFON and ufology. And and, uh, and that's actually very timely because we're going to talk a little bit about what Congress heard. Was it yesterday, the day before, whenever it was? the hearing? Yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was yeah. yesterday. Yes, and we're going to go over that a little bit, too. So this is a very timely conversation, Britt. We're going to be talking about UFOs, all sorts of and manner of paranormal phenomena, how it affects people and how this organization may be able to help. Yeah. Did you were you able to pull clips from the congressional uh, whatever the heck you want to call the wasting of our money? Yeah, I grabbed a I grabbed a couple of clips. Sadly, I wasn't able to uh, okay. sit and and listen from start to finish. I have the have the whole uh, hearing downloaded, and I'm going to do that. I did grab a few quick clips that we can talk about, and I found them just it, just the limited time I had to look through it. Uh, very interesting, and I'm very anxious to hear what Lester yeah, has just, to say about him too. I just find it amazing you had enough time to have Bigfoot carry me off and do that. But <laughs> I have know, priorities. You, I have priorities, and the big foot yes, okay. carrying you I know away your was one. Now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyway, getting back to our guest tonight, and we've got him for about an hour tonight. Before you go into back air again, Lester is a graduate <laughs> of the University of Vermont with a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration. He's served in the U.S. Army. He joined MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network, in 1991. He's held many positions in that organization, including field investigator, training coordinator for field investigators, the assistant state director in North, Northern California, chairman of the AERC, which is the Abduction Experiencer Research Committee, and team leader of the ART, which is the Abduction Response Team. Also during that time, he Not became... Not to be confused with the AARP. That's something very different that I am getting mail f uh, for and from now, which I don't yes. know what I think about that. Anyway, also during that time, he <laughs> became a facilitator for an abduction support group in San Jose, California, and in 1994, he... Uh, uh, co-founded Opus. That's the group we've been talking about. It's the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. So, Les, welcome to the program. It's a real honor to have you here with us tonight. I'm really anxious to not only talk about the group and, and why you uh, helped found this group and what its mission is, but also some of the experiences you've had with MUFON. I mean, you've got, got a lot of experience in your belt. This is going to be a great discussion tonight. 
Well, thank you very much, guys, for having me here. And I, I wanted to say that, uh, you know, in your intro, where you have the alien Sasquatch and a ghost uh, appear on your screen, well, guess what? They're all connected. They're all absolutely connected because what we've found in, in working with people is that they often talk about the fact that they've had a, a, a sighting of Sasquatch, but then there's also been a UFO involved with it. Uh, there's also been ghosts involved with aliens. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Not only they see grays, which seems to be the number one thing, uh, you have orbs and then you have interdimensionals and then ghosts. Uh, so <laughs> I tell you all of this quote unquote paranormal is connected in some way, shape or form. And the one thing I really would like to ask you, JV, is how the hell do you get to be Italian with the last name of Johnson? That is, that's a very, it's a very fair question. Uh, and my, obviously my dad, not Italian, my mother born in Naples, Italy came here as a child. So that's how it works. Okay. And I okay. grew up in the okay. Italian environment. So I do consider myself Italian, but you're right. Good Got question. It. And I've been asked that a million times because Johnson is the furthest thing from Italian. <laughs> so thank God we solved that problem right there. Right, yep. right, right yep. away. And that was certainly okay. high on the paranormal list because it, it just seems so strange. <laughs> yeah. uh, Les, I'm really glad you brought up that point because uh, this seems to be, uh, I, I'll call it a school of thought for a lack of uh, a better way to describe it, but it seems to be an idea that, that is becoming more and more accepted among paranormal researchers and folks that follow these individual phenomena. They start to recognize that when you have one occurrence of a phenomena, whether, as you said, a Bigfoot uh, sighting, uh, all of a sudden there's reports of, as you said, a UFO or even some kind of other cryptid, maybe a dogman sighting or, uh, you know, a spiritual occurrence, ghost or otherwise. So more and more people are starting to recognize this pattern and these connections, and they're starting to accept these ideas that maybe there's a single source for all of this. Absolutely. Uh, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you start really getting you know to talk to these people and, and understanding the types of things they've gone through it, it's not just one thing that's happening portals open up uh, you know uh, you you have uh, strange lights that appear orbs that come into the room uh, that sometimes go into people's bodies and and cure people uh, from various things uh, you you have instances of orbs also causing harm uh, that latest book that uh, came out uh, by George Knapp and uh, Comb Keller uh, skinwalkers uh, at the at the Pentagon talks about the uh, the types of things that go on but I mean this phenomena is so complicated and, 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 and so rich with with different things. I mean, people that have had these experiences come away being psychic. Uh, they come away with healing abilities. Um, I was uh, at the MUFON Symposium last year in Vegas and uh, gave a presentation to the experiencer group in the morning. And uh, Robert Salas was there with his wife, uh, you know, the, the major uh, that was involved with the Maelstrom Air Force Base yep. uh, uh, missile shutdown. And he came up to me afterwards and said, can we talk? And I said, sure. And so uh, he started to tell me about he and his wife had an experience and talked about this blue light coming into their bedroom and that, you know, they had missing time and, and all these things that happened to them. And his wife came back from the, the experience uh, with healing abilities. 
which she never had before. Oh, wow. I mean, th this 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 is just phenomenal. Uh, you know that. Uh, you know, we have this UAP uh, uh, report that comes out that came out last June. And, uh, you know, you know, everybody got pretty excited about it, obviously. Mm -hmm. and the fact that uh, the government is now supposedly going to get involved with this phenomena. But they've been involved with the phenomena for a long time. And they're blowing smoke up our tailpipes, uh, you know, uh, saying, well, we don't know. I mean, this this uh, congressional hearing that just came out, there was some really good questions, but a lot of crappy answers yeah. <laughs> that that came out of this whole thing. But the bottom line uh, where I'm coming from with, with this whole phenomena is the fact that when I was a field investigator, most of the cases that I got involved with not only were sightings, but they turned out to be uh, abductions. And, and then these people said to me, do I know of other people having similar circumstances? And I said, yes, I do. And I began to facilitate this support group. And that's when things really got interesting, um, you know, to 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 have people tell their stories and you could see that they were so incredibly um, uh, upset about the, the circumstances that uh, had occurred to them and that they were reaching out for some someone to have empathy uh, about their experiences and most a lot of these people had already gone to psychologists or psychiatrists and found out that well they're not crazy they think they might be crazy but they're not crazy so then what where do they go who do they turn to they have you know they can't even talk to family members they can't talk to clergy they certainly can't talk to people at where they work because they, don't, they, they fear that they might lose their job because people would think they're crazy. So it's a really hard place uh, for these people, uh, you know, to, to try to, uh, you know, understand where, what's happening to them, first of all, why is it happening to them, which is a major question that comes out uh, all the time. And, and you know, what, what can they do about it? So, um, you know, one of the one of the uh, sessions um, that uh, occurred uh, was uh, which was fomented the uh, beginning of Opus was I had been written up in the Monterey Coast Weekly paper about what I did for MUFON. And uh, another woman was also written up in the article and I got a call from her afterwards. She said, I would love to understand what's going on with my brain waves when I'm in contact with these off earthly entities. And so I said, okay, that's, that's an interesting question. And you know, I had no idea how I could possibly help her. And uh, then she said she was working with an emergency room doctor down in Carmel. And I said, okay, uh, that's, that's very interesting to me. And I had a doctor friend, Dr. Eugene Lipson, who uh, actually was the co-founder with me uh, of Opus. And uh, uh, I, he was very interested in meeting other doctors that were interested in the phenomena. So I called him up, I told him about it. He, I said, come on, let's go down there and meet with her. So we did one Saturday afternoon, we went down there. And as we walked in, uh, there was a picture on, on uh, the uh, wall as we walked in and it was her standing on the back of a, of a large vessel. And I asked her, I says, what's this all about? She says, oh yeah, yeah, I was down in the Caribbean and I was helping these treasure hunters uh, find treasure. And I said, well, how the hell were you doing that? And she says, well, I was in contact with the captain of the galleon that had gone down. 
<laughs> so <Wow. laughs> that, that right away started the afternoon off in a very interesting note. And it got even more interesting because she started to tell us things about ourselves that there was no possible way she, she could know. We didn't know her from Adam, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, found out uh, subsequently that she had a, had a near-death experience and afterwards became very psychic. So again, here's another aspect of the paranormal uh, that people talk about that seems to be connected with this phenomena as well. You have near-death experiences, uh, sightings of poltergeists, angels, demons, all of this stuff is just, you know, so interconnected that uh, it's it's hard to sep really separate it and, uh, and 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 trying to then understand it it becomes even more difficult less you know uh, this the answer to the qu this question may be self-evident but of all of the phenomenon I've spoken on this program and in other uh, endeavors with people that have had all sorts of paranormal experiences everything from ghost encounters to ufo to encounters to to being abductees uh, to bigfoot encounters whatever it is all all manner Yet the, the, the people that are most affected, the, the ones that really carry the weight of their experience are the abductees, the ones, that, even the ones that don't really remember the experience. Something is weighing on them, on their shoulders, in their minds. Do you have an idea of what, why it make that experience is so much more in, in, impactful than maybe some of these other ones that we've talked about? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, when people certainly when when they have that first experience it it's impactful to everyone and then it depends on the follow up uh experiences and usually over time uh people come to a place it's it's almost like there's three distinct uh, phases of of the experience you have the initial phase which universally seems to be very negative because it's it's mind-blowing it's just shattering i mean you know all of a sudden you wake up on a on a cold table and you have these little gray aliens uh, around you um but then it, it it gets into the next phase where when these con things continue that people come to accept it and then they come to find out that what is going on uh, seems to be less uh, negative, less bene uh, uh, um, malignant, if you will, uh, than, you know, more benevolent. And, and so, and then in the later stages, as this continues, it, it eventually stops. And then it's almost like the Stockholm syndrome. People have the feeling, well, why, why are they not coming for me anymore? What, what happened? Um, and what we found in, in, in the studies that we've done is that there's like 70% of people um, are, want these experiences to continue. And it's only that majority, 25 to 30%, that definitely wanted to stop because they somehow have not had a good experience. And I think it depends on who the experience is with. And I, and I, I think that just as we have good people and bad people here on our, our earth, you between you know uh the, the population here that the same thing goes on up there or whatever it is whether it's extraterrestrial interdimensional time travelers or the military you've got good ones and you've got bad ones and even within 
races, whether it's the reptoids, the mantids, the greys, uh, the Nordics, you probably have good ones and you have bad ones there as well. So it's very difficult to just make a blanket statement that they're all bad, you know, as in the case of mostly with David Jacobs talks about and, 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 and uh, uh, Bud Hopkins talked about uh, versus uh, Stephen Greer, which everybody's good and you don't have to worry about a thing. <laughs> Les, um, I'm going to uh, ask you one more question, then let Britt take a few minutes here. But um, you, Oh, no, not Britt. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You, <laughs> you're well prepared, obviously. <laughs> uh, you, work, you, you spent a lot of time, uh, obviously you have uh, deep ties in MUFON, You've done a lot of uh, filled a lot of different yeah. roles and move on. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experiences there and which of those jobs, as I listed in the beginning of the program, the th different roles you had within the organization. Which one did you find the most interesting? Well, I think certainly working with, uh, you know, the uh, uh, field investigators and, and doing the training with the field investigators, I brought in a number of, of really good people uh, um, to uh, make presentations. You know, uh, Virgil Staff was the state director up there for a long time and uh, had really wonderful credentials. Um, and uh, uh, a number of other people, uh, Tom Macris, who was the uh, uh, forensic uh, artist for the San Jose Police Department, uh, talked about, you know, how to interview people and, you know, uh, be able to uh, uh, be able. To, he's actually got involved with me in, in a case where he did the drawing of this alien that this person saw. And uh, it, it's an incredible uh, uh, drawing that that he did. So uh, that was the most interesting to me because of the fact that that uh, uh, like uh, Richard Haynes uh, was uh, also uh, made a presentation on observation. How do you really uh, observe these things, you know, and, and how you can be fooled uh, by certain things. So there was a lot of interesting detail that came out in, in those sessions. So for that, that for me was probably the, the most interesting besides actually going out in the field and talking to people and, and understanding what was going on. Yeah. Fun times investigating. You learn so much. You meet some amazing people. You meet some crazy people. And you meet some super sane people. I'm going to circle back, Lester, Les, to all to the beginning of what you talked about with Opus and that you're there to help people. <clears throat> I'm old right. enough to remember. I'm not going to I'm not going to assume your age, but I'm old enough to remember <laughs> the days before that show was on TV when you were looked at like you were crazy and you couldn't talk about uh uh, uh, anything paranormal because you they would look at you like you're crazy and they wouldn't want to talk to you. We had to stay in the closet. I remember the days of sitting around at the coffee shop with our little team going, how are we going to get into that building? And then <laughs> that show hit and it's like the floodgates opened and we could help people. Have you, one of the one of the first experiences I had that really opened my mind to how how serious we have to take what we do was I literally had a homeowner while we were standing in their driveway tell us, our little team, that whatever we tell them, the outcome of our investigation is whether they sell their home or not. I mean, that they're going to make a major life financial decision on whether we find ghosts or not. When yeah. people were dropping that kind of heavy, in the beginning, way back when, when it was really taboo and you had to stay in the closet, how did you deal with people when they were, when they were going to make like a major decision? on what you tell them. Was that heavy for you? Was that like, 
really what was that like for you yeah i i think that uh when you have people come up you know tell their story and say i don't know where to turn anymore i don't know what to do i'm contemplating suicide i mean you talk about heavy heavy stuff uh that you know and and the, the one thing you need to do right away is make contact with that person understand that they they are not alone uh in the world with their experiences that other people are having these types of experiences and that there is a, a vehicle like opus which has an online support group which is totally confidential and uh which people can see at opusnetwork.org and uh, there's a support button there and they can contact uh, us through that that button and we will within 24 hours uh get a hold of you get back to you and and uh, uh, you know, try to do triage and find out. Okay, is the support group what you need? Are you looking for a hypnotherapist? A lot of these people want to know really what happened to them because they don't have that full conscious memory of what it had transpired. And and then also people are looking for mental health practitioners, uh, people familiar with uh, PTSD, which is a big factor that, that occurs to these people. Um, and once it's, it's amazing, what I found, uh, what we found is that uh, the support group is probably the most beneficial thing that these people can do uh, because they can talk 24 seven and they are, they are literally talking 24 seven because we have uh, almost 300 people now in the support group from all around the world, from Africa, from Australia, from Europe, South America, and literally talking, sometimes having to translate things <laughs> because of the language uh, that's going on. But uh, the bottom line is this thing is universal. This, this thing is not just the United States. Uh, you know, the Roper organization in 92 came out with that report uh, that Hopkins and Jacobs uh, uh, commissioned and Bigelow paid for uh, that said there was 6 million people that had experiences back then. Well, fast forward in time and you've, how many more people have had the experience? And it's a worldwide thing. So, I mean, my, yeah. my latest theory, my latest theory is that every one of us you, JV, you, Brit, have all had experiences. And in a lot of cases, we don't remember them. And a story I'm going to tell you right now relates to me. Uh, one of the support group meetings that I had, a person said to me, um, you know, I've seen you before. I said, really, at a UFO conference, you know, the grocery store <laughs> somewhere? No, no, no. I saw you on board the craft. I said, really? Oh, that's interesting. And I kind of blew it off. Well, it was a year, year and a half later that a totally different person said, I've seen you before. Oh, really? Where? UFO conference? I said, they said, no, 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 no. You were sitting on this bench naked on board the craft and you were freaking out. And they told me to go over to you to calm you down. Well, okay. So at this point, I decided, okay, I'm going to go get regressed. <laughs> and I, because I had no conscious recollection of anything like that. And uh, I had three different people regress me, found out nothing in terms of that, but found out I had multiple past lives. And subsequently, a person talked to me about this and said, well, perhaps this person somehow 
tapped into a past life and saw you in that regard and that you had been abducted in in a, in a past life. Well, one of the people in, in my book, The Unknown Other uh, and the Existential Proposition of Alien Contact that's on Amazon and on our, our, our website, thank you very much, uh, as uh, Adam Burns, who tell, talks about his experience with uh, contact, and he talks about the, the telepathic communication that he was having with this alien, and they were talking about reincarnation and that this is a universal fact. It's the way the universe operates. And uh, so it started to, you know, become more clear to me that uh, perhaps something like that is possible and it could have happened. Um, and, and again, you know, you know, once you start going down this rabbit hole, uh, boy, there's so many different places you can go once you go down that hole. Yeah, you know, I've and let me know if, if this is what you've experienced. I found, and particularly in the beginning, before all the shows on TV, that people would tell your story, hey, X, Y, and Z, it happened. Now, for me, our group happened to be more geared toward the ghosty side of things. But mm -hmm. they would say, hey, X, Y, and Z is happening. And we would go in and investigate. And we would go, yeah, X, Y, and Z did happen. But it's because the truck driving down the street over there, the reflection of the light off of this gate. And, it, you know, we debunk everything. And they're like, whew, okay, it was happening. I'm not crazy. I can live fine. But we also had the same thing happen when they would go, hey, X, Y, and Z happened. We would go in, and X, Y, and Z would happen. We wouldn't figure out what the hell that was all about. We would go out and tell them and said, hey, we just documented. Same response. Okay, I'm not crazy. I can live with this. I just want to make sure I wasn't yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that's what certainly a lot of people, most of the time, come to us and say, you know, uh, uh, am I going crazy? Is this something that, uh, you know, I, I need to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist? And in some cases, we'll tell them, yes, you probably should go there first and and, and assess whether or not you are. <laughs> but but then yeah. afterwards, if they, they, they find out that they're not, they're not. So then what? What do you do then? And, and so, uh, you know, Going back to your your ghost story, my brother and his wife uh, uh, were living in uh, Griswold, Connecticut, for a while, and they completely redid a 1700s house in, in Griswold. Beautiful, beautiful old uh, house, uh, and. Um, during that time, they uh, they found artifacts in the walls, you know, an old cane and, and, and various things like that. And soon thereafter, they, they started to hear certain noises and, and things going on in the house. And then they, they, they heard uh, or smelled uh, jasmine in, in the house at certain times. And so uh, my brother's wife uh, came home with a couple of bags of groceries in their hands, and they had a... a, a, a part of the house uh, on the uh, the side uh, where the, they parked their cars and there's a door there and there's a like a sitting room in there and my brother was sitting in supposedly in this big wing back chair and she called out to him and said can you open the door and nothing happened and the door opened. she and, and no the door didn't open so finally no. she had to put the bags down okay and oh. she opened the door and went in with the bags and looked in the chair it wasn't my brother <laughs> it was this oh, ghost geez. sitting there in the chair and the, the, and the the this this ghost would would 
there was a, a, a upper level to the house and uh, this ghost would walk around at night and you could hear him stomping around and it, it wasn't he wasn't malevolent or anything he, he just was hanging out and there was a I mentioned the smell of jasmine well it turned out that this female ghost was also involved and would come into the room and they would immediately smell jasmine and, and they would they would see this wisp she was sitting one one morning at the foot of my my uh, brother and, and my and his wife's bed freaked him out big time but again <laughs> wasn't wasn't benevolent so they they understood it they eventually sold the house didn't say anything to anybody <laughs> about the ghost uh, which you're supposed to do and um, <clears throat> they heard after a while that uh, the person that bought the house had gone to a party and said <clears throat> excuse me that uh, uh, does anybody know about the fact that there, there might be ghosts in the house you know because we had some <laughs> weird things going on so it was confirmed I mean you know my brother and his wife saw it, so this this happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. Get yourself a drink. I had the same experience. That the house that I that my dad and stepmom owned when I was seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, off the charts haunted. That's where I had my first experiences, like full on shadow <clears throat> figures, watching them go back and forth. Me, my brother, my stepbrother, we all had experiences. We found out numerous years later that my parents had had experiences also. My dad and stepmom, but my dad tells a story. That home had been bought and sold in like eight times in 20 years, some crazy amount. But the people that bought it from him, my dad ended up on the golf course. My dad didn't have a golfer would walk on and just be a single added to a group. Ends up about two years later in a group with the guy who bought it, the home from them. And about the yeah. ninth hole after they're a little juiced up from the, the you know, the liquor, uh, the guy leans over to my dad and goes, you ever noticed anything weird happening in that house? <laughs> my dad was like, oh, we didn't know nothing. We didn't hear nothing because yeah, he didn't disclose yeah. it either. But uh, yeah. And then they sold pretty quick after that. So whatever was going on was interesting. Um, so with your organization, and you're obviously talking to a lot of people, are you guys categorizing that, documenting it, putting it in a data set, cross-referencing? See, you know, someone – you, know, you get a group of people that are all telling the same story, and it's like, wow, are they connected somehow? And, you know, are they six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Or do you guys do yeah. any of that kind of stuff? Well, we, we are doing research, yes. Uh, back in 2007, uh, actually, MUFON funded the, uh, the study called the Omega-3 study, which is on our uh, website under the uh, document and article section. And uh, the... Uh, Basically, we took 71 people that uh, claimed to have had contact with uh, uh, these non-earthly entities, and uh, 51 were a control group. And uh, we found out that uh, basically uh, uh, that they 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 did not have a psychopathology. They were totally sane. They weren't fantasy prone. Uh, they had uh, differences in their temporal lobe activity versus the control group, which is an interesting factor. Their worldview changed. They had uh, childhood trauma, and uh, yeah. Well, well, while he's coughing, well, I want to thank I want to thank the Grouch seventy nine and Foxhole for the cookie. We really appreciate appreciate the support. It helps us a lot and uh, keeps the show on the air. We really appreciate it. You good to go, Les? Yeah, good. Uh, so, um, 
but uh, and now we just uh, finished the first phase of the omega-4 study which where we uh, sent out a questionnaire to therapists that are working with uh, contactees uh, experiencers and then the, the, the second phase of that will be going out to the clients themselves and so we've asking a whole uh, cohort of of uh, of different questions that ever been asked before and what the purpose of all of this is to try to better understand what works best and educate therapists and how to work with these people because one of the things that's going on right now is that the mental health community uh in most cases is is not tuned into this whole phenomena and does not know how to work with these people and which is tragic because you know uh, a lot of a lot of these organizations whether it's the psychiatric community or this uh, psychological community um, you know basically have issues with the, their therapists and their organizations working with people like this and so a lot of these therapists don't want to advertise the fact that they're working with uh, you know these uh, experiencers and so we're trying to overcome that but to answer your question uh, we haven't uh, done anything in regard to quote-unquote connecting the dots uh, what we're doing in general though is talking about well like in this first study uh, I mentioned the fact that the most uh, reported factor is grays. Even even though you know you have mantids involved or you have uh, Nordics involved or rep reptilians, all these races seem to use grays. There must be like this universal store out there that all these different <laughs> races go to and they pick up a, a, a gray because they want to use this robotic uh, biological entity type thing to interface with us because we're so damn mean. We're, we're very aggressive, uh, you know, warlike people. And, uh, you know, I've had experiences tell me they've bit these uh, grays or they ripped an arm off in one case. And uh, so you can Jeez. see why <laughs> these other entities don't want to get near us in, in a lot of cases. Well, we are pretty mean. We are pretty yeah. mean as a people, especially when we get backed into a corner. We're, we're pretty vicious. Uh, real quick, I just want to thank everybody in chat and people that are showing up and listening. It's awesome. If you go to ParanormalIRL.com, ParanormalIRL.com, and go to the merch section, we have great T-shirts with UFOs and grays and uh, ghosts on there. It helps support the show. Get yourself a cool T-shirt and help support us. Uh, JV, back to you. All right, Les, I want to uh, visit some of this uh discussion that took place in Congress yesterday and just get your opinion on it. Now, like I said in the opening of the program, I haven't been able to listen to the whole, I think it was in about an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, I, I listened to the first 20 minutes or so today and I pulled a couple clips out and I want to get your impression of these. Uh, here's the sure. first one. I'm not going to really introduce that. I'll just play it and then we can talk about it on okay. the other side. Okay. There it was. That's in many cases, that's all that a report may include. And in many other cases, we have far less than this. Okay, so that is, um, let's see, his name is Scott what? Scott Bray. 
He is the U.S. Naval Intelligence uh, Deputy Director, and he was playing a video, one of these videos that the military has of a UAP or UFO or whatever you, whatever you want to use. I'm going to play this again, Les, and then um, I've actually got stills. I've got the individual frames of when you actually see uh, whatever this um, object is. So I'm going to play this video again. It goes by so fast. That's, in many cases, that's all that a report may include. And in many other cases, we have far less than this. Okay, so, um, Les, I'm going to uh, throw these uh, individual frames up. But as I'm doing that, what, are your, what were your impressions of maybe the, maybe the video and also the statements surrounding the video? Because, it, as you mentioned before, it was kind of smoke up our, and you don't have to say behinds on this program. You can actually say asses, because that's kind of what the government seems to be doing here. Well, it's frustrating uh, because, you know, you and I and, and a lot of people in, in, in the UFO community uh, are way beyond what, what happened in this, in this meeting. I thought some of the questions, especially from Representative Gallagher, uh, were, were, were really good. They were really pointed and, and, and they, they did not get any answers. Uh, whether or not they got them in the closed se- session is a whole nother ballgame. Uh, and hopefully so. They got better answers there. Um, you know, and and and, and there is the military. They they have a hell of a lot more information than what they talked about, uh, for sure. I mean, we've got whistleblowers that have come forward. We've got, you know, all kinds of data, um, uh, much better than that that particular uh, clip that you showed, uh, which is surprising that they picked that one to show. Uh, and then they picked out the one about the triangular uh, craft that they said, well, that's because of a, a difference in the uh, or the combination of the night vision scope and the and the, and the SLR camera uh, that caused that to triangulate that 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 quote unquote drone. Uh, maybe that was maybe that was and, and so that's why they picked that to to uh, you know soften the the blow so to speak, but. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I think that, uh, you know, for people, again, like you and I, and, and, and uh, we, we, we're beyond, way beyond all of this stuff that went on yesterday. Uh, we, we know more than what was talked about. But again, the questions from, from the representatives uh, and congressmen were good in a lot of cases. And, uh, you know, the, the Maelstrom Air Force incident you talk about a threat holy crap <laughs> if that's not a threat i don't know what is um and and they 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 acted like they didn't know it well maybe they didn't know about it because they only picked a certain you know window of time to look at they didn't go back beyond 2004 uh which to me is also ridiculous uh but i think they need to go back a little bit further and and uh, you know and then they said they they didn't have crashes well if you go back to the 50s there was crashes there was and they were also they 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 said that they didn't fire on on uh ufos well they did back in the 50s and 60s uh, they, they, you know we, we've had many instances where you know planes have 
succumb to uh, and, and even some of our missile tests. Uh, there's there's some incredible footage, uh, and I can't think of the gentleman's name that has that uh, that uh, shows one of our missiles uh, being blown up by by a UFO. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I think wow. what, but you know, is that is that something that's you know. Um, uh, you know, something that uh, we need to fear. I think what they're doing is they're showing us that they can do things like this and um, that we should, you know, be careful in what we try to do because they may intervene. And, uh, you know, I would love to see them intervene with this Ukrainian-Russian deal that's going on and blow the crap out of the <laughs> Russians and get it over with. Nice. Um, I, you, you mentioned the uh, the Green Triangle video. I also have that clip, too. Yeah. I have uh, uh -huh. this uh, Scott Bray playing the video and then, then their explanation. Yeah. I'm going to play that next right. year. This was recorded while the U.S. Navy ship uh, observed a number of small unmanned aerial systems uh, in the area. And importantly, the video was taken through night vision goggles with a single lens reflex camera. These remained unresolved for several years. Several years later, and off a different coast, US Navy personnel, again, in a swarm of unmanned aerial systems, and again, through night vision goggles and an SLR camera, uh, recorded this image, but this time, other U.S. Navy assets also observed unmanned aerial systems nearby. And we're now reasonably confident that these triangles correlate to unmanned aerial systems in the area. The triangular appearance is a result of light passing through the night vision goggles and then being recorded by an SLR camera. Les, uh, what's he saying there and do you buy it? That's a uh, garbly gook. <laughs> that's that's pure garbly gook. I mean, this is like almost typical CIA. Uh, look what's happening over here, and but we'll look at my other hand, uh, you know, type of stuff. Um, it's possible, but he also says unmanned. How the hell does he know it's unmanned? <laughs> I mean, that statement yeah. alone right. is, is is baloney. Right. Uh, you know, it could be manned. How does he know it's not? Um, you know, so I. And, and and that's probably a lousy one to even present to the group like that. And, and I think that was more for consumption of the general populace, whoever is watching. Somebody told me the other day that uh, probably so many people were watching. Now the uh, CIA and NSA have all our IP addresses now. So, <laughs> <Right>. but I'm <laughs> sure that I'm yeah. sure they have that already. <laughs> I'm sure they've got it already. <laughs> I have but one anyway. more. I've got one more clip uh, from this Scott Bray. Okay. Uh, just he throws out some numbers here. Since the release of that preliminary report, the UAP task force uh, database has now grown to contain approximately 400 reports. The stigma has been reduced. Do you think, Les, that the stigma has been reduced? And what does that number 400 mean to you? Do you does that sound like uh, a drop in the bucket of what they actually? have on on file or is that a number that you accept as being legitimate no i i think that's a drop in a bucket i think that uh, they have a hell of a lot more uh the incidents that have been recorded uh and reported uh one way or another i mean you know you had the the uh, nimitz in incident and uh you know the, after everybody landed and all the documentation, this, this group from the Air Force shows up, takes everything. 
<laughs> so it's like, okay, folks, the Navy, it's, it's the, the Navy's bag. And then all of a sudden these air force guys show up and take everything. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's funny in a way, a sad, funny, unfortunately that, uh, you know, we've just been, you know, rid around the, uh, the, the block here a couple hmm. of times and okay, folks, now we'll, we'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one of the questions that comes to mind then is why now, why are they doing this now? They're really making, they're doing this dog and pony show stuff. You know, as you said, a lot of sleight of hand going on here, but why yeah. now of all time? Well, I, that's a good question, uh, number one, uh, and, and there's probably a couple of, of things going on. I, I, I think that uh, with our ability to communicate like we've never been able to do before, uh, you know, we have the internet. You you guys have your podcast here. Uh, you know, there's a lot of shows like yours. And, and I, by the way, thank you guys uh, for doing what you do. Uh, I think it's very important that uh, we show the other side of the coin uh, to people. And uh, because it's important that, you know, uh, there's there's things that we just don't understand. We don't, we don't have the capability to understand it or the, the language to even talk about it in a lot of cases. Um, and so I, I think that uh, the drumbeat, uh, you know, of, of shows like yours and, and the programs like the History Channel has and the Science Channel has, it, it's all starting to come to, you know, I think critical mass, if you will, that uh, uh, these things are inevitably going to be to the point where it's uh, you can't hide it anymore. You just can't. So I think there's a desensitization process going on now, and and I and I thank Lou Elizondo for what he does and, and trying to bring this this information out. And I think uh, the fact that uh, he's approached it in terms of a threat is probably the only way that uh, the, our government is going to move forward. Uh, because if, if everything was hunky-dory, they'd probably say, well, fine, it's, it's a, as they reported, you know, uh, decades ago, oh, there's nothing nothing going on, it's okay, don't worry about it, you know? And, and it was, you know, put in a trash can, basically. Nobody nobody cared, but of course, there was there were people caring and they were collecting data and it's been going on. It's never stopped. It's never stopped. Changing the uh, topic a little bit, then I'm going to let Britt take it again. But uh, one of the things that you've obviously kept track of and worked with people who have experienced is this concept of implants, actually little devices yeah. or, or, or we're not even sure of objects uh, placed inside the bodies of some of these abductees. What is happening here? Um, is this something we need to be worried about? Uh, you know, obviously the idea of, of a foreign device being implanted into your body by uh, an alien uh, is a pretty frightful idea. But is it something we need to be afraid of? Well, I think that um, this, is, this is your uh, quote-unquote proof of the fact that something is going on. Um, 
you know, the late Dr. Roger Lear did a tremendous job of removing these implants from 17 uh, patients That's right. and, 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 and did a f phenomenal, phenomenal analysis of these things, whereby there's, you know, no uh, rejection by the body of these things, uh, these uh, ceramic biological uh, devices that emit frequencies in, in, in deep space frequencies, uh, you know, and it goes on and on, uh, you know, the types of materials, the uh, uh, uranium-236 single isotope, and it, it just, so what is it? Is, is it some kind of a tracking device? Is it a monitoring device? Uh, is it all the above? Um, and uh, what we've, what we've, done with people matter of fact I, I just got one today of a, of a woman that wants to you know have a uh, implant removed in the back of her neck because it it, 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 it it basically is super sensitive she can't touch the back of her head and nobody can touch the back of her head because it's so sensitive and so what do you do with that kind of a person well first of all you want to go to a medical doctor and you certainly don't want to say, well, I've been abducted and the, you know, they've implanted me. <laughs> that's, that's not going to get you too far. Um, you tell them that there's something bothering you and you'd like to see what it is. And so a lot of times they'll do x-rays. People will do x-rays. The doctors will do x-rays and uh, they'll see that this device is in there, object, whatever it is. And in, in a lot of cases, then uh, they can be removed. All right. But what we've also found uh, with people that have had it removed, that subsequently it's re-implanted in a different place, even harder to get to. Uh, so now we, we start to advise people that, hey, if it doesn't bother you, just leave it alone. Don't, don't, don't mess with it anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, as I said, uh, Dr. Lear had, had samples of these things and they are, very interesting. So, and I'm sure the government has got this. I mean, Gary Nolan at Stanford University and Kit Green, you know, ex-CIA guy, uh, they've been working with experiencers and they, they, they're well into all of this stuff. And I think that's the next thing that really has to happen besides trying to understand what these objects are, but who the hell is driving them? <laughs> you know, who, who's in control of these things and who better to ask than the experiencers because telepathically they can communicate. At this last symposium in, in Vegas, uh, Nick Pope was the uh, opening night speaker and he talked about the UAP report saying that, you know, it, uh, he hopes it was either the Russians or the Chinese that had this technology because we could pick up the phone and talk to him, right? And, and I, I, I cornered him later and I said, Nick, I said, you're really missing the boat here. I said, experiencers can talk to the, to the extraterrestrials if that's what they are. They're having communication on a constant basis with these entities. And so I don't think we, you know, it might be better to, to have it be that it is an alien technology. But uh, that, that's a question that's uh, certainly one that, uh, again, I think our government knows. And, and, you know, 
this this uh, retired uh, Israeli general Haim Ashed that came out with that book that said, "Oh yeah, we we have an agreement with the aliens. We have bases on Mars. You know, this thing has been going on for a long time." Okay, folks. So. <laughs> Who's telling the truth or who's blowing smoke up your tailpipe? Uh, I, I, I tend to always gear towards the government's always blowing smoke up our tailpipes. Uh, so, Les, I've been kind of monitoring chat, and there's a there's some themes running in there. And I, I'm sorry, people, I didn't write down your names, but there's a couple questions. Uh, one of the most important questions I just stumbled across in there is, when these grays come down, do they eat tacos or wings? <laughs> They're discussing that in chat. No, no, no. no. Talk? It's, it's, uh, well, no, no, no. It's strawberry ice cream. Strawberry <laughs> ice cream. That's that's the big one. That's their favorite. Is that a, is that legit? <laughs> that's that's a story that goes way back. I, I don't even know where the hell it got started, but uh, <laughs> some experiencer started that. Uh, years ago that oh yes yes well they came in and they went in my refrigerator and took the strawberry ice cream oh, wow. <laughs> all right i hate strawberry ice cream. they can uh, have it all all right so yeah, another too. little thing that's like running yeah yeah not my thing um so another little uh uh thread that's kind of running through there so when when the uh when the government dude what was his name jv birdie gertie the one that that just we just saw uh, scott bray yeah. scott bray. bray scott bray bray so so they're they're in chat they were talking about he's using very specific language. He's saying it it was an unmanned manned aircraft because he didn't want to say there's aliens in it. So is it possible mm -hmm. that the government is trying to be too accurate so that they can uh plausibly deny have plausible deniability on any of the other stuff? Uh you know, I, I just <laughs> It, 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 their choice of words, of course, has probably been thought about uh, before they got involved with this. Uh, so semantics-wise, uh, your, your guess is as good as mine. I, I, I think that uh, they're just making an assumption because it's a drone, because they assumed it's a drone, that therefore there would not be a person involved with it. But they didn't talk about how big these things were, uh, and, and, and so right. that's a factor. Because if this thing was as big as what some people have claimed that they were, that it's possible that it could be manned. So, yeah, it's right. Well, but we also know from Men in Black that Orion's belt was a whole universe in the size of a marble on our planet. So size and being manned is really not relevant. We don't know unless you can land that aircraft and board it or observe it or whatever. So I think they're just That's blowing true. smoke and they just want... Yeah, they just want they want the the well we have a uh, a term for them on the other show called NPCs non playable characters the people that are just going through life and they catch a little bit of the news and they hear oh it was unmanned so we don't have to worry about aliens on our planet um, all right one of the other things I saw was was about these implants so Bill Gates wants to implant all of us with a medical chip device that just monitors our body twenty four seven and you know we get all this download and it goes right to our doctors and we get the medicines that makes everybody else rich but us. Um, is it possible that Bill Gates is an alien? <laughs> well, I think we're all aliens. <laughs> Good answer. Think about it. <laughs> I would agree with that. Good answer. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, and my last question, then, JV, you can take us out of here. Um, you know, as we've been talking, it's like, well, the government has, the government knows, the government's doing. Why are you so confident that our government's competent enough 
to be able to do all the stuff that we think they're doing. They could be just as screwed up as the rest of us and just faking it. No, I, I think that there's there's some really uh, well-educated, very intelligent people that work for the government. I think that they, they uh, understand um, pretty much how these objects uh, uh, function. Um, and I've, I've heard that from a, a, an insider uh, that, uh, so that's a step forward. It's an interaction between the power source, which is not large and the, and the skin of the craft. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, so I, I think that, uh, we're, we're getting closer to understanding these things, but we still aren't there yet. I mean, the physics that's involved, uh, is, is quite complicated. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's something that we're not going to come to overnight in the next 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, perhaps uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a lot more. But I think there's not the appropriate language uh, or the technology yet to really fully understand this whole phenomenon. All right, I have a follow up, JV. Um, OK, so just something that rolled through on chat that made me think. So someone said Bill Gates is a reptilian. Um, is it possible, because you were talking about the multiple races of aliens, and some are good, some are bad, some are in the middle, some don't care, et cetera, et cetera. Is it possible that, and I'm just going to use the reptilians because that's where we're going, um, that reptilians have kind of infiltrated us and all this chaos we're seeing in our world right now, uh, that they're really trying to shake us up and, and demoralize us, weaken us, so that they can then fully invade? Is it possible well, I, I think that uh, th there's certainly been uh, uh, proponents of that fact uh, that uh, these uh, reptilians are here on Earth. They've been here before us, supposedly. Uh, they're kind of pissed off that we've taken over. Uh, and uh, so that's one of the theories out there that's going on. Uh, and then there's other theories. I mean, we've, we've had experiencers talk about how wonderful the relationship they have with the reptilians so uh you know are they being uh, <laughs> duped in some way shape or form uh but the interesting thing with all of these cases that people come out of these experience with this worldview that is hey we need to be better stewards of the planet we need to be better to one another we need to be more loving and and uh those are wonderful wonderful things to uh to come away with and if we all come away with that someday we won't have any wars we'll be able to figure out not to be, pollute the earth and uh, have clean drinking water and good air to breathe and and uh you know uh, so it's all all positive in that respect a uh, couple quick right. questions i know we're at the, almost at the end of our time with you les but um do you have uh, any uh, belief that we have shared technology with any alien races whether it's our government or other governments well, if you know, um, uh, Colonel Corso talks about that, right. uh, that uh, after the uh, Roswell crash that uh, uh, he back engine had, you know, put into the, the uh, and that's where the whole military industrial complex thing that Eisenhower talked about, uh, you know, you have to be careful because, you know, Bell Labs comes up with the transistor. Well, they were given a, a, a transistor from the crash, uh, you know, Velcro, uh, night vision, uh, a whole bunch of things that supposedly came out of the that crash in, in Roswell in, in 47. So, yeah, I think we definitely have some of that. And, and uh, we have crashed 
material, which was another thing that came up in the uh, uh, the uh, meeting yesterday or day before. And uh, they said, oh, no, no, we don't have it. And it's a well-known fact that there's meta materials out there that they've already <laughs> analyzed these things and nobody knows how the hell to put, put those materials together. And, uh, can, you know, you've been a researcher, uh, a, a mentor for a lot of people. You've written about this stuff. You've investigated this phenomena, all sorts of different phenomena. But what can you, uh, your personal experiences, do you have one experience above all others that, that you think is most eye-opening uh, when it comes to all this? Have, where does that rest with you personally? Yeah, I think that... Uh probably the, the the experience which i talk about in the book uh, is the, is the couple that uh, um uh, had had this experience they were picnicking uh in a state park uh, north of uh, santa cruz and uh, they saw this light over the ocean and it came finally came over their heads and it was a triangular craft about the size of a small learjet and this happened uh, basically uh a total of seven times and um <clears throat> they they uh they they start to come out of there and then all of a sudden they they don't remember a thing until three hours later and and they were in this restaurant which was typically only f 10 minutes away from where they were but it was three hours of missing time they eventually came to one of our support group meetings and they developed a rash afterwards and uh, they went to a doctor and the doctor said, well, I, I'm not sure what this is. And this area is loaded with uh, poison oak and poison ivy and things of that nature. And so doctor said, no, it wasn't that. And then they, so they decided to go to another doctor and the doctor said, well, maybe it's some kind of reaction, you know, from something, perhaps maybe you ate or something. So anyway, they took a picture of it and they, they brought it to the support group meeting. They showed it around the room and almost without exception, everyone in that group had a similar rash at one time or another. And one of the people in the group said, well, I, I, I think I know what that's from because they had a similar thing. And so we said, well, what do you think it is? He says, it's a reaction to the fluid that they dip you in when they bring you on board the craft to sanitize you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yikes. <clears throat> so that, that, that was like, yeah. blew my mind. And then it's like, you know, Wow. And it's, you know, in the beginning, you know, your window of believability is, is pretty small. But as, as you go through life and in, in, in these experiences, it gets wider and wider and wider. Les, your book is called The Unknown Other. Is this a book that's uh, uh, consumable by people without much knowledge of the topic? Or is this more for the yes. expert community? Yeah. No, I, I think it's it's a combination of things. It, it, it's a it's a great primer, if you will, because uh, it talks about all the aspects, the physical aspects of the experience, uh, abduction phenomena, uh, the psychological aspects of it. It talks about the UAP report. It talks about the research that's been done. It, it gives you about 25 stories from experiencers, their their stories in the book, and their 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 experience with opus uh so and we talk about uh, the various uh, factors whether people are fantasy prone you know all the stuff that debunkers talk about you know uh, and i've tried to debunk the debunkers so to speak uh so it, it gives you a really broad brush uh, view of the whole phenomena it's available on Amazon. Also, I know if you go to opusnetwork.org, I know there's a link there for the book as well. Uh, one more question about Opus. Les, who's the type of person 
that would benefit most from what Opus does? You know, if give us an, an idea of what someone might be experiencing, uh, maybe even on a daily basis, that you, that Opus uh, is there to help with. Yeah, I think what it, what we get the most of, uh, as it turned out, because paranormal covers a lot of bases, okay, uh, and uh, but we what we found is that a lot of people having uh, contact with non-human intelligence are the people that seem to be coming to us the most, and uh, what what a lot of them are looking for is to to communicate with other people uh, about their experience, so they want to tell their stories uh, in a safe way. Because and that's the most important thing. Because again, there's still a great reticence on on these people's parts to tell their stories to people because they're of they're afraid of uh, you know the consequences. Uh, so it gives them a safe place uh, to come and talk. And then there are other people that are looking for professional help, whether that's a hypnotherapist or a mental health practitioner, to uh, you know take care of PTSD um, uh, or, or other issues. But most of the time, they're looking to reduce stress. Okay, so they have major stress in their life. <clears throat> they're looking for an empathetic ear to really, uh, you know, listen to them in a, in a neutral way to understand what they're going through, and then to uh, be able to then subsequently uh, uh, come to some kind of conclusion where they, they, they feel comfortable in getting back to their daily lives. And uh, a lot of people have, uh, you know, they've integrated this, this experience just as you did, Britt. And uh, <clears throat> so it's, uh, it's, it's really a, an amazing process. Again, the website is opusnetwork.org. Uh, there's plenty of information there about what the group does, how it can help, and how you can even contribute if if that's something that you're of mind to do, uh, less to help the cause, right? Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Yes, so we depend on donations. And so uh, uh, as a nonprofit, we're a 501c3 recognized by the good old IRS. So, <laughs> well, uh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you for your time tonight and, uh, and so much great information, Les. It was a real eye-opening discussion. We appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you very much, Davey. Thank you, Britt. And uh, thank you again for what you guys do. And uh, I really uh, thank you for having me tonight. All right. Well, that's a great conversation. Again, the uh, website is opusnetwork.org. Brett, I spent a great deal of time on there. They actually have links also to some interviews that they do uh, as part of their work. Uh, some really oh, cool. good stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Opusnetwork.org. Yeah, it's been around a long time, too. I, I didn't realize that how long it's been around, but man. Yeah, they're doing some good work out there, and they've got uh, – it would just be interesting to be – we all have been in this for so long. I would love if there was a way for us to take all these stories and categorize it and put yeah. it into a spreadsheet and – Like kind of a know, master database. Where, yeah, so we can figure out the trends in the – you know, what's happening the most. And, you know, maybe we, we were able to decipher, you know, in this part of the world, this seems to be what's happening. The grays are over here. Mm -hmm. But over here, we got a lot of reptilian res reports or whatever. And it almost like, you know, kind of how humans are geographically spread out the way yeah. we the way we are. are demographically. Heritage, what is it? Our, um, thank you, demographically. Mm -hmm. Maybe the aliens are the same way on the planet, mm -hmm. you know, or. Well, I think, I know, I think that's uh, part of the work uh, that Opus is doing. I also think MUFON does some of that work. Um, yeah. I just, I just think as we've talked about tonight, it's, there's been such a stigma associated with this for so long that, uh, a lot of the information is just being kept to, uh, people are keeping that to themselves, or as we know, the government is keeping it to itself. 
And, uh, you know, as, as this opens up, we might this this might become a reality and more possible. So thank you, Electric Sheep, for that super chat. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. That is a big help. And also uh, the Grouch on Foxhole. I think this is the third or fourth uh, contribution the Grouch has okay. made tonight. So I wouldn't call the Grouch a Grouch. He's actually a very uh, amenable guy. And thank you so much for those contributions. Very much appreciated. Um, how, how dare you assume his pronouns? I'm well. I, I, you know what? I, as I said all along, I use the pronouns that I know. Oh. And uh, yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> don't. Um, I do want to mention one thing. I, I am going to go through the whole uh, hearing uh, that took place in Congress. Uh, yesterday, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some time and, and pull out some more clips for future episodes. I do want to point something out, though. This is what it looked like. So there was like five congressmen there, women. Like this wasn't. I don't. That's the way it always looks, JV. This wasn't taken I, super I, I, seriously I, by Congress. I don't think. You know, I, I I'm an avid watcher of C-SPAN, and that's the way they mostly look. These Congress people. They think they're better than us. They, they already know everything. They don't. They only want to be there to showboat and get their face on camera to make certain points. And, and it's just a big waste of money. We really don't need the federal government. We should just defund it and get rid of it and go back to the states and save ourselves a hell of a lot of money. That's my thought. Welcome to Paranormal IRL, folks. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see some uh, some uh, folks returning to the program here. From all over, Shh, don't tell anyone. I got to keep my rep up. There you go. Okay, how about a couple of trivia questions oh to, to end the night? How's that sound? Hey, I have a video that oh, okay. I, I'm kind of curious, paranormal or not. What all do you right. think? Uh, paranormal or not? I'm going to do Sure, that works. Tell me when you're ready. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quick play it right now. Paranormal or not? Catching my ball. He's not catching ball with you? Yeah. Do you need someone to play ball? I love how he instantly goes in reverse. The look on his face, like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, I'll replay it. Uh, but, JV, what do you think? Paranormal or not? not Play it again. Ball with you? Yeah. Do you need someone to play ball? Okay, so... Do you have any? Do you have an answer for this, or are you just? Are you? Do you not have an answer? In other words, no. are, you, are you quizzing I, I us? I literally or? just saw this right. Okay. Yeah, I literally just saw this right before the show came on, I'm and gonna, I figured this stuff is rolling through my feed. I figured we talk about it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you what I absolutely think this is. If there wasn't a hallway directly across the door from where that refrigerator is, I would. I would be a little more curious about this. I think this is a spouse. Yeah, I zoomed in. I think this oh. is a spouse playing a, a prank on uh, on the guy uh, because I don't think he act he, either he's a really good actor or he was genuinely going what the hell's going on here so I think what this was was a spouse or a you know a girlfriend or, or whatever playing a trick because that hallway right across from the door makes it easy to play that trick that's my that's my opinion yeah maybe you might be right I could I mean I, I think I, that's kind of where I lie with this thought process. Mm -hmm. I just I just thought it was funny to watch the guy freak out. I don't think he was no, in no, on it. I don't think he was I either because he couldn't be that good of an actor. <laughs> I mean, he really yeah, genuinely was like, what was, the hell? Like a, <laughs> and yeah, then, he, then he walks and, toward it and it happens and, but, again. But, yeah. 
Yeah, but you have the kid going, he won't play with my ball. He's like, he won't? What? Looks back. I thought it was pretty hilarious. But for whatever reason, these things are rolling through my feet, so I'm going to try for yeah, each show no, and try and find one just to bring it that great. weekend. Yeah, just edit it no, a little no, bit. Not. Like, zoom in on it so I don't have to do it here live when you prep them. Just make them larger. Makes it- oh, this was like literally right before the show. I was like, oh, I'm going to grab this. Okay. Or we um, just present it as it is, and we just yeah. But if you, it's hard to see. You have to remember, people are looking at these on phones. Generally, you got to if the more, more we can fill the screen with it, the better. That's what I'm saying. Um, all right. So now, do you want to do a couple trivia questions? Yeah. Why not? All right, so the so Grouch says you, you think a ones? string is attached to the handle of the fridge? Yeah, I think it, it may maybe not the handle could be underneath, could be anywhere, but it's going from the door into that hallway. And there's somebody in there pulling it, and obviously the, refri- the fridge is set up so it closes automatically. Uh, you know they they do that with gravity. It's a, an amazing concept. Um, yes. So this this was a prank being played on the guy, and it's not a ghost. And hell, why not? Good video. Go go viral with it. I want to know. The more important thing yeah. is I want to know what game he was playing because clearly he was gaming with that headset on at the computer. Yes. Either that or he was in a sex chat room or something. But I think he was probably gaming. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that I may be this maybe that's right what it was. I, would go, I but, would go with gaming. Well, I mean, if he's not actually get, you know doing anything but just the chat part of it, you know, maybe, um, uh, maybe, oh, maybe that's why the wife was getting back at him with the ghost trick because that's what he was up oh, to. Oh, maybe. So maybe that's what's going on I'm, here. I'm wondering... Well, as fast as he reversed back over that gate, I think he might have pooped himself a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I mean, I can understand why he would have been kind of shocked by all that. Obviously, he heard the noise yeah. the first time. He didn't really know what happened. He turned around and starts walking in there, and the door opens by itself. Yeah, that's going to freak you out a little bit until you get, and then you, you get your senses. Let me like, wait a second. And then you walk back in. You see the What's string. What's going on? You see the string attached, and you find uh, Hilda in the, in the <laughs> closet over there pulling it. Um, so yeah, Hilda, huh? Okay, Hilda. <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Is that an Italian name? <laughs> no, it's not. It's more like Johnson. A, it's more yeah, <laughs> right. Just like Johnson. It's as Italian as Johnson is. Uh, could be uh, could be good acting and some green screen rope. That's true. They could have gone. I mean, people will do a lot of things for clicks on TikTok or wherever. Uh, so I tell you, that doesn't surprise me either. That it's you really know, I, a full setup. But I think it was probably a prank. I got an. I got an education on how much money, like if you can get a video to go 70,000 views type thing, that's worth several hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And you do that on a regular basis. You You get a million views on some of these things. Yeah. 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 You're making bank. YouTube famous. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, when we actually get out and do some investigations and we capture some legitimate phenomena on video, those should get some pretty good clicks, I hope. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Trivia question number one. The hammer down. Yeah. Trivia question number one. One, uh, which one-time ruler of England did the famous poet Percy Bechet? <laughs> man, uh, which one-time ruler of England did the famous poet Percy Bechet Shelley refer to as a quote old, mad, blind, despised, and dying king? And it's not Joe Biden because he didn't rule England at any point. <laughs> Mm. Which one-time ruler uh, of England? Okay, which one-time ruler of England did the famous poet Percy Bysshe Shelley refer to as an old, mad, blind, despised, and dying king? 
<laughs> George I'm something. It's always it's always a good guess to say George or Henry <laughs> or Richard or yeah, Rick. pretty much, pretty much. I think but Henry the Eighth was the one that lopped off all the heads, right? Yeah, the, he had six wives. Wife. He yeah, he, he beheaded five of them, I believe. Uh, <laughs> oh, Gene, Gene had asked earlier if we have a Discord. We don't have a Discord. I still don't get the 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 need for a Discord. I just don't understand it. My son has one for his gaming channel. Uh, and all this, and he keeps saying you need one. I just don't understand what the value is. If people want to chat, they can chat here. I don't get what the value of the Discord edition is. So I mean, because it's because it's verbal. I mean, it's verbal as opposed to typing. You mean you can chat? You can go actually in it and chat lot like vi- that, audio, yeah, I think that's audio the, chat as opposed to yeah. uh, as opposed to text chat. Elvis was king. Elvis uh, bre- it. breaking the image. Elvis was king of rock and roll. Absolutely. But he king was never rock and roll. Yes, he was never king of England. That's the difference here. Uh, Bracepot oh, said his Discord was nuked. Okay, so a man, uh, a rebel, says that uh, the reason you have it is so you can chat, and Lala says it too. The reason you have have it is uh, so you can chat when we aren't live. So it's a, it's it's chat that's it's twenty four seven, I guess. So people can jump in there anytime, who are fans of the program, and uh, and chat. So okay, oh. that, ma- that makes a little bit of sense. All right. That makes a little bit of sense. You can stream movies on there too. So oh, okay. That, uh-huh. Interesting. So would would that mean would that mean that that we would do this? Sh- and just the people who are Discord familiar, we would do the show, but we would monitor the Discord chat, and everybody would be in there. Is that how it would work while the show is on? So we wouldn't pay attention. We wouldn't have. To I mean, pay one advantage to, to that. One advantage to that is you don't have a lot of separate chats. That's true, because right now we're working. We have we uh, have two forty and well, three. Voxel. three, I think. Yeah. Although I don't pay, I haven't. We don't watch the Twitch chat. It's we're we're there, but we don't watch it. Yeah. I mean, but is that how that would work? We condense them all into one, and then I guess so. Can you super chat in Discord? Can you? Well, see, that's the difference. Get we need cookies in Discord. Ultimately, we need we need those contributions to to keep the program going. Uh, our fi- uh, yeah. our philanthropic days are numbered here because this is getting really expensive. Yeah, uh, to do the, the software alone, it's crazy. All right, so uh, again, back to the trivia question: Which one-time ruler of England did the famous poet Percy Bysshe? And it might be Bysshe. I don't know how you pronounce this word. B y s s h e. I'm going to say Bysshe. Shelley referred to as an old mad, old mad, blind, despised, and dying king. The answer. Did anybody give us a real answer, by the way? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Edward the Sixth, Henry the Eighth. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am. Um, I am. I am. George the Third, King James the Second, John. Rain said that guy with leprosy. <laughs> Edward the. We're going with Edward the Sixth. A bunch. A few have said that. Okay. The answer is oh. Well, it happens to be the King of England that the the United States was born from. You remember who that was, Brett? Who we declared our independence from? Edward? No. Was it Edward? Oh, Brett. Oh, Brett. Oh, King George. King George III. King George III, who ruled England during the American Revolution. King George III suffered from paranoia and hallucinations, among other ailments, thus earning the mad adjective in Shelley's description. There you go. King George. All right. All right. Second and... BrainPod is a... Huh? BrainPod is spewing a lot of information on Discord and Gilded and 
What's uh, gilded? gilded? You can monetize. Is gilded? Gilded's a, a Discord offshoot. Oh, it's a dis- it's a Discord competitor or 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 like yeah. Discord add-on. A Discord competitor. He said that uh, Discord is very. Uh, he said they're a holes. Whatever gotcha. that means. He got he got nuked off of there for some reason. But he did say that gilded is monetizable. Okay. All right. Uh, it's about building a community yeah. that you can interact with 24-7. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to remember who, who you're talking to. You're talking to uh, JV and Britt here, whose technology ends at the point where we can get this show on to work, actually. Actually make it yeah, work. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Anything beyond that is a bonus. And All right. What? Yeah, and then I go to bed at 8. That's the <laughs> other problem. That's that's the other thing. When he says 8, he means 8. Um. Okay, here we go. The, <laughs> the first toy... So, toy the, I'm really having trouble here reading. English. I know. The first Toy Story film features original music by Randy Newman. But Steve Jobs, the film's executive producer, originally wanted someone else to write the music. What famous musician did Jobs want? I didn't realize Steve Jobs was was the executive producer for Toy Story. Uh, Maybe, apparently. That's pretty Uh, cool. Rain is also saying that... uh... Rain said that Discord banned most of us, whoever that is, most of us from Rain. Oh, really? Rain, is that, uh, mean, oh. is that a political us or is that something else? Or is it a paranormal us? Who, who are they banning? Uh, the first Toy Story film features original music by Randy Newman. You know that that song, uh, You've Got a Friend, or You're you're yeah. My friend, Best Friend, or whatever. You've got, that's, that's, you got a Friend in Me. Yeah, that's Randy Newman. He sings yeah. it, too. And you know the song Short People? Yes. You know, short people got nobody. Yeah. And that, that's a that's a Randy Newman song as well, just so we're all on the same page. Right. Uh, but, but he wanted someone different. Right. Steve Jobs, who was the film's executive producer, originally wanted someone else to write the music. What famous musician did Jobs want? I'm going to say Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I have no idea. I'm going to say mm, Bruce Springsteen. I was thinking Phil Collins. Okay, I don't know why Phil Collins. That, that would that's an interesting. Have you uh, seen Phil Collins lately? He looks like he's really on death's doorstep. Oh, he looks old, horrible. Uh, yeah. So he just let me retired. see. Tired. Um, Deidre says she hates Randy Newman. Randy Newman wrote a song uh, called um, "Mama Told Danny Me Not Elfman. to Come." Well, Danny Elfman, but Danny Elfman's not a pop songwriter. He's he's a he's a composer. More than a, you know, he's he composes scores, well, but, but he not writes. Boingo, I mean, not writes. That's true. Um, anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, Sorry, Randy Newman wrote a song called "Mama Told Me Not to Come," which was made popular by Three Dog Night. It's a great song. He's Randy Newman is actually a really good songwriter. I'm not as impressed by him as a performer. Uh, Iowa, right. I saw that, and I just have, I haven't had a chance to do anything with it. So I did see your email, and I looked at it quickly, and that's really amazing work, by the way. I'm not so sure we need that much Brit in our faces, but it was I, I what I haven't had a chance. I haven't had a chance to do anything what? about it. I've been quite busy with. What three. do you mean? Did she did she make a T-shirt? <laughs> Iowa's a he, and did she make a T-shirt. Iowa's a he. Iowa Joe. We played Call of Duty with Iowa oh. Joe. You remember? Oh, I, I thought you said. Uh, uh, um, I don't remember now. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Thanks. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Three Dog Night. Great group, Randall. Love Three Dog Night. Anyway. Okay. So the answer to this uh, question. Mom comes in with Billy Joel. Uh, that's a good guess. That's a really good guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
The answer is, oh, okay. Uh, it's I'm going I'm to give some hints here, see if anybody can get it. This is a this is a a, a pop or maybe rock music icon. This is uh, this is one of the one Has of. Has it been said yet in chat? I haven't seen it. Rock rock pop icon. Rock music icon, kind of the kind of maybe the granddaddy okay. of, of 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 them, of them all. Would be- are we talking like a Rolling Stones level grand uh, icon? I would say I uh, probably a tier higher than the Rolling Stones. Oh wow! Um, when were they big? Were they eighties, nineties, two thousands? I don't know if I want to answer that because it might make it too easy. Uh, but I will say it's mm. as I said, one of the granddaddies of of rock and roll. The older. Yeah, see, I wouldn't put Elton John above the Rolling Stones. In my hierarchy, Elton John does not top the Rolling Stones. Elton John's obviously hugely Elton John's successful. big. Yeah, but I wouldn't put him over the Rolling Stones in hierarchy. Michael Jackson was dead at the time, wasn't he? Nah, I'm not sure. I don't think he was dead yet, but it's not Michael Jackson. That that would be a, that'd be a good guess. Um, uh, hey, D, I did get that. Stones. I did get that pamphlet. It's still in the plastic. I haven't opened it yet. Uh, Scooter, you say McCartney. Actually, McCartney says he was influenced by this artist. Mm. If that helps. Yeah, you guys are all saying the Beatles over there. The Beatles are actually, actually say they were influenced by this artist. Wow. Um, if that, I mean, that the Eagles? So, the Beatles being influenced by the Eagles? I don't know, just, you know. Well, and the Eagles came along uh, about 10 years oh, after the Beatles. Oh, they came along after, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah about 10 years later. And that wouldn't work. And they certainly were not not nearly as, I mean, Eagles Eagles a great group, don't get me wrong, but they're, they, yeah. they're nearly not that successful. It's not oh, just. Haas, uh, Haas Black Silver just said that Jobs started Pixar. Oh, Toy that's Story cool. That movie. makes sense. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. I, I actually, somewhere in the back of my mind, I think I know there's a connection. I remember that. Yeah, not Little Richie, not Chuck Berry. Little Richie, Chuck Berry. Yeah, no, no. Those are great guesses. Elvis? Uh, Elvis would have been dead. Elvis was dead. Um, Yeah, Elvis was dead. Are you going to say the name? We're all going to go, duh. Well, maybe, because this is, I mean, you know, if you have to, like, go through the top five, and I'm not going to say they're not necessarily hit makers, but the most influential people in pop rock music um, this name has got to be in there. Yeah, it's not Jeff Lynn. It's not ELO. It's, Jeff Lynn very influential as a producer. It's, but it's before the Beatles. I, it's. I'm not going to say if it's the before the Beatles, but the Beatles say they were influenced by this artist. Not Jimmy Page. Great, good guess. Wow, I didn't Jimmy think it would Hendrix? take. I didn't think it would take. Jim Morrison died in 1973. What year was it that Jim Morrison died? So it wasn't Jim Morrison, and he certainly. I mean, Doors obviously were an interesting point in rock history, but they weren't that influential. Beach Boys, good guess, good guess. Bob Seger, no. Everybody's. I'm just really surprised yeah, nobody's no come idea. up with this name. I mean, this is this is a household name. No one's All right, well, give it. us more clues. Uh, let's see. What else can I? Um, this artist recently won. I think Still alive. It, yeah. Recently won a an award 
like an international award. I don't remember if it was a, was it a Nobel Prize? I think it was a Nobel Prize. That should make it really easy, actually, now that I said that. This artist won a Nobel Prize, which is crazy. Huh. Are they an American band or an English band? It's an American artist. American artist that's still alive today, just won a just won an award, but was around, was big enough in the Beatles days to influence them. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up. Um, and it's rock, not country. Ozzy Osbourne. Oh my God, your your perspective on music <laughs> is messed up. Uh, somebody has gotten the answer. I am not. I'm not going to say who it was yet. Stevie people, Wonder, as people are still guessing. Oh, David David Bowie. Yeah, I, seriously, your music perspective is way off. The Beatles <laughs> could give a shit about David Bowie. First of all, secondly, <laughs> Bowie didn't really come on the scene until the '70s. Wow. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Hey, I'm horrible with music and names and all that shit. And words. Uh somebody did get the yeah, answer here. Uh it's somebody who, who Ice T. Oh my God. Now, now you guys are just being ridiculous. Tony Bennett. That's a good guess. Right time frame, I suppose, but I don't know that maybe the Beatles were influenced by Tony Bennett. Yeah. Now we got a couple folks who are on to it now. Buddy Holly? No. Not, Buddy Holly died in nineteen fifty eight, nine. Uh, this is true. Remember the day the music died? Bye bye, Miss American Pie. That was about Buddy Di Buddy Holly and others dying in a plane crash. It's not Stevie Wonder, is it? No, not Stevie Wonder. All right, I give up. Now we've got another person who've got who's who's realized what the answer is. Bob right. Dylan. It's Bob Dylan, Britt Griffith. It's Bob Dylan. Wow, Cons I didn't realize Bob Dylan was that old. Are you serious? He, he was performing folk music yeah. uh, in, in the early 60s, and the Beatles were... In, in fact, the Beatles actually became songwriters because of Bob Dylan. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... I don't know this shit. So, reading the... I guess. Reading the answer here is Bob Dylan. Jobs <laughs> tried to convince Toy Story producer Ralph Guggenheim to get Dylan for the soundtrack... Uh, but the opportunity went to Newman, resulting in the famous song, You've Got a Friend in Me. Hmm, I wonder how different that would have been with a Dylan, with a Bob Dylan. Yeah, uh, Randall, you're right. Bob Dylan is mentioned in American Pie. The uh, The song American Pie, though, was really written about, uh, you know, when they say the day the music died, it was written when uh, about when Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper died in a plane crash on the way to a concert. And, well... Uh, I think it was Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings or Merle Haggard. I don't know. I'm forgetting who the other one was. We're supposed to be in the plane, but they decided to drive instead and they were spared. They didn't, they didn't die in the crash, obviously. Wow. Yeah. And that'd have been crazy if all of them went out. Yeah. Yeah. At once. Yeah. That's why it was the day the music died. Wow. All right. Yep. Anyway, there so <laughs> I hope everybody had fun. Uh, Bob Dylan with his deal with the devil. The Beatles followed suit. Okay. You know, there are people that think that brain pod for sure. I'm not one of them, but there are some. There are people that think that was all a deal with the devil. Don McLean. Deal yeah. with the devil. Don McLean. American Pie. A lot of people have asked Don right. McLean, Don McLean what uh, American Pie means. And his answer is it means I'll never have to work again in the day in my life. 
<laughs> He's made so much money That's on that song. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a great song, though. All right, guys. All right. Th- thanks for being are here, everybody. Done? Yeah, we are. We've been done for a while, actually. Um, wait a second. What the heck's going on? Can you talk for just a second? Uh, what do you want me to talk about? Oh, you know, uh, everybody smash like buttons, uh, subscribe to channels. That'd be awesome. And again, uh, if you go to Paranormal IRL, ParanormalIRL.com, there's a uh, merch link on the page uh, that takes you to our little T-shirt store on the old Teespring. And we have some great Paranormal T-shirts there. Uh, if you could go buy some, that would help support the show. We would greatly appreciate it. And you get a pretty cool T-shirt out of it. Um, that helps a lot. And uh, yeah, so uh, who we? Our, we're, we're back next Tuesday. We're not here tomorrow. Uh, uh, we're not here tomorrow. Uh, but Tuesday we'll be back. And I'm quickly, I'm vamping as I'm looking for my damn calendar to tell you who the hell is going to be on next Tuesday. We're having, ooh, Dr. Scott. We have Dr. Scott. Uh, Scott talks about his own personal shared in NDE, near-death experience, as well as the lessons learned from the millions of NDEers can be learned and incorporated into our lives in the physical. Yeah. Um, These lessons change people's perspectives and allow them to realize more fulfilled lives. Yeah, a brain prod. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm just saying that um, it's not something that I, I know a lot about. And, and the little bit I've heard about it, I, I haven't really bought into the theory, but I'm not disputing what you're saying. Um, okay, so uh, Merle Haggard uh, is is excellent. Rebel, I, I really enjoy Merle Haggard. One of my songs I always play when I do acoustic uh, appearances, I play uh, Mama Tried. It's one of my favorite songs. Great Merle Haggard tune. My parents used to sing it all the time, which is one of the reasons I like it. Thanks for being here, everybody, and thanks for the contributions, whether it was a, a, a generous super chat or a generous contribution in Foxhole. We appreciate it all. As Britt said, visit the website, click through to the merch page. Check out the merch. That helps us, and it gives you some cool things to wear as well. We really like it when you do that. Uh, but that's going to do it for now, oh, and we will see. Pod. Well, thank you, BrainPod. Appreciate shades. that. What a good show, guys. Message me here. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll ch- we'll see everybody uh, next time. Uh, we'll be as you Britt said. You were here next Tuesday, so we'll see you then.